everybody, Coach John Daly here uh, with a quick little introduction. Uh, normally I don't do this, but I wanted to uh, add this in before we uh, hit the show music here to get things started. Uh, this is the first of probably a few uh, interviews where I sit down with Coach Dave Ruckert and his superstar wife, Ashley, and um, we had a great conversation. It was so neat meeting her after hearing so much about her. Uh, and part of the story um, is around their daughter. And um, it's a very emotional show uh, on, on everybody's part here. Um, so you can probably hear some pauses. Um, you probably hear a couple little uh, glitches with um, technology stuff that gets in the way. Uh, and that's okay uh, because the story is more powerful than uh, any glitches that could be thrown in our path. And um, I just wanted to uh, kind of give you the heads up that this is, to, to, to me, probably the most emotional show that I've ever had. Um, these two are rock stars in my book, and I'm so glad, I'm so blessed uh, that Coach Dave Ruckert reached out to me uh, a couple years ago from my podcast, and uh, and now I get to uh, talk and meet with uh, his wife, and just their incredible journey that they've been on together um, really, really warms your heart. Uh, get the Kleenex box, which, you know, he told me to get, and I luckily had. Uh, the Kleenex throughout the show, and um, even listening to it again, I needed more Kleenex um, as, as far as setting it up and everything. So sit back, enjoy, and um, check out the show notes if you want to reach out uh, to uh, both these wonderful people, and uh, there's going to be more to come from their fantastic story. So sit back, enjoy. Here's the show. Everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Today's date, June 11th, 2020. It is a Thursday, and it is a special Thursday here uh, for all of you listening to where we got Coach Dave Ruckert in the house, but he has brought his better half, his wife <laughs> Ashley, also joins us. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about this. Uh, they got a great story to share. Um, so this is way beyond the coffee bean uh, discussion that we've had that, have, that has helped so many people. I think this story is going to help uh, – a hundred times more people uh, with what they got to share today. So Dave, Ashley, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, sir. And I won't argue about being the better half. <laughs> At least 51%, right? It's the top, it's the top notch there a little bit more. Well, so I won't argue with her either. There you go. I, I try not to do that with my wife because that's, <laughs> it's more two thirds, almost three quarters better than, than, than I think I am. Uh, you might be sharing you. Kirby's uh, house otherwise, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be joining Kirby in the doghouse. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like a nice morning there today. It's a, it's a nice morning here. We had some bad storms roll through uh, last night, but uh, we've recovered and uh, summer is in full bloom. So I'm glad you guys could, uh, could join us. Um, so a lot of people know about Dave's background, uh, where he grew up and family. We've had some great discussions, great connections with a lot of people on that one. But Ashley, obviously, you being new to the program, um, nobody knows about you. So where'd you grow up? Take, the, take us back a little bit if you'd like to. And where'd you grow up and family dynamics? And uh, let's go from there. Sure. So I grew up in a little town called Amherst, Wisconsin. Um, and so I lived there through elementary school and moved to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, um, you know, in, in middle school, late middle school. So 
also from Wisconsin like Dave. Um, I have a brother and a sister. I grew up with, um, you know, honestly, to, to go back, I guess I'll just share the history. You know, my mom had me quite young. Um, my birth dad was around for a few years and then, um, and then wasn't for a while. Mm. And like, you know, life happens sometimes and, you know, there's always a bigger plan. So my mom met who I consider my dad when I was three years old. Um, so he's been in my life, you know, pretty much my whole life. And, um, he has been a great inspiration for me. And, you know, so obviously I've kind of had a few things growing up, you know, part of me always had like a abandonment feeling because I didn't sure. know all the things behind it. And, um, you know, I had my mom kind of fill me in as I got older and could understand more, but was really blessed to have the dad who didn't have to be my dad step in. And he's a great human being. Um, I'm close to him. We text almost every day. He's a great individual. But as I got older, you know, I didn't have as much curiosity when I was younger until we had kids of our own. Hmm. Um, so recently, actually, right before, you know, we'll get into our story, but before Jolie got sick, I had reconnected with my birth dad. I had reached out just to get questions answered. And, um, you know, because I think everybody has curiosity about your bat when you have things that impact your background so much. You know, for me, I, I never really felt like I was missing a dad since I had such an incredible one that kind of stepped up to the plate. But God bless me. And, you know, I've been building on that relationship. But so I did grow up, you know, with a stepdad, but it seems weird calling him that because I've never considered him that. Right. And, um, and then my parents together, they had um, two other kids. So my brother and sister. So I'm the oldest out of three. And um, in reconnecting with my biological father, you know, I found out that I also have two two more half brothers. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how far in depth you want me to go, but that's kind of a little bit about my background. So growing up in a really small town, as we got older, we moved to a little bit bigger town. Um, and ultimately, I went to the same Toshkosh, UW Oshkosh, like David, and that's where we met. Um, you know, there's been lots, lots of crazy in my life too. I think everybody has a story, right? There's been lots of, lots of things, but we want that's for another day. But <laughs> lots, lots, probably a little more than maybe some folks. But you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I think things always work out for a reason. And my dad, um, who I consider my dad, his family has been such a blessing to me. My aunts and uncles and cousins. Um, I'm really, really close with, um, with family and. You know, I've always been a really family person. Actually, moving to Texas was pretty challenging for me um, because I'm yep. such a family individual. Dave was ready to spread his wings, but I probably, if it wasn't for him, I would still probably be in that same small town. I'm happy we did it because I would have never done it on my own, but um, I'm a really family-oriented person. Knew my whole life I always wanted kids and a family. That would be my number one priority. Um, I just, I grew up with most of my family within a walking distance. Um, if m most of them, honestly, we lived on a, a farm right next to my grandpa. We lived on the farmland. My parents built a house there. So just, you know, had lunch and dinners with family all the time, was surrounded by cousins that were more like siblings. So family's always been really important to me. Mm, that's fantastic. What a great story. They're just the, the ups and downs and, and the curveballs and, I love to hear that you that you say that um, it's been a blessing, like so. It sounds like you wouldn't change anything. No, no. 
That's fantastic. And family, that's, that's great too. I was going to get into how'd you guys wound up in Texas and I was going to see on your, on your scale of how fired up you were compared <laughs> to Dave moving down there. And I think you just kind of answered that. Uh, so when you guys met, was it, um, you know, skyrockets and fireworks? Was it love at first sight for one of you, both of you? Was there a little, uh, you know, cat and mouse game there for a little bit? How how things get started with you two? Well, I don't even think Dave remembers the first time we met. <laughs> <laughs> I um I had I was a, at a mutual friend's house. Yeah, we were at a mutual friend's house the first time that we met in college. So I in high school I had a lot of um, big brothers. You could say a lot of my friends were a couple years older than me, and so they obviously went to college sooner. And Dave, Dave's older than me he's the old one out of the two of us um <laughs> i remind my son of it every day to tell him that dad's so old dad you're getting old <laughs> there you go but uh we were at a mutual friend's house i think it was like a bonfire or something like that and we had kind of talked a little bit i obviously was very attracted to him he looked like a brad pitt in my eyes and yes so, uh, <laughs> i could see that <laughs> so anyway that was uh, about 15 years ago and <laughs> about 20 or 30 pounds less. <laughs> but you still but, got it, coach. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like I said, so do you. But, uh, Thank you. So we just, we talked a little bit that night and just, you know, my big brother, um, his name's Pierce. He, is, he was one of Dave's friends, but he was like a big brother to me in high school. And he was like, man, you guys are like the same person, just in, you know, different sexes. You know, you would be great with Dave. And he kept talking up Dave. But, uh, so we had talked a little bit, you know, but ultimately I think where we kind of started our relationship is we both worked at the city pool. Mm. And so I was like the facility manager and Dave was the manager of the lifeguards. She likes to say that she was my boss, <laughs> but we're technically different divisions in the city. I, <laughs> well, the, she well, is my boss now though. Right. <laughs> it is what it is. But ultimately he was, you know, he was the head lifeguard and I would find myself walking by and talking to him probably longer than the other employees. And ultimately it led us to, well, it was a little bit of cat and mouse. He asked me out and I ditched him, a few, I think a few times. She said she was sick for our first date. <laughs> so we had to reschedule. I was like, oh, she's done. I'll move on to the next one. <laughs> oh boy. But ultimately, you know, he con yeah. he convinced me and and we went on our first date and the rest is history. I was smitten by him after the first time because as you can probably tell, he's a very lovable person. He's easy to like. He knows how to lighten the mood and just keep things positive. He's always been that person that, you know, when things get hard, I wouldn't want anybody else by my side because he just always has a positive attitude and I think that makes a huge difference. And I'm the one that tends to like think worst case scenario, not that I'm not an, I'm a negative person, but I think worst case scenario to prep myself for the worst kind of thing that outcome that could happen. Um, I just manage better that way so that anything less than that feels better. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> but Dave's always the person that just is positive and outgoing. And, um, and for me, like that was just so attractive to just have somebody that no matter what's thrown at him, he always, just knows how to look at the positives and be thankful and know that he is always like people have it worse you got to experience this some people don't and so for me that was just really attractive qualities about him and I was smitten and <laughs> I knew I wasn't gonna let him go easy so there you go that's fantastic yeah and so thir 13 years later you know here we are wow what a great story so Dave that that's the truth story I mean that's the that's the 
correct version that uh, that everybody needs to know. Correct. I mean, that's that's her version. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right. I, version. I thought I thought I was Prince Charming, you know, swept her off on a magic carpet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, generally, that's that's basically. I mean, that's the uh, long story short. There's other details in there, but generally, that's pretty much. It was college, and you know, we worked together for a little bit. And our, our fan, uh, our big umbrella keeps falling down out here. <laughs> <laughs> he's, still, he's still got those saving moves, I see. <laughs> yeah, until I pull a muscle. Jumping up, kicking into action there. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I, love, I love to hear stories of how uh, people, you know, find their way together. And, uh, of course, there's ups and downs. And I love to hear the foundation of, of Dave's positivity because that's what I saw when he reached out to me a while back uh, from, from the podcast and our interactions have been nothing but positive and it's just been fantastic. So I love the family connection that both of you have. Okay. And through that family connection and the people in our life that helps us get through the storms that, that we all seem to face in different degrees and different variances. But um, if you could, you know, share a little bit uh, with the listeners, what happened to kind of toward the end of 2019? You, you kind of mentioned your daughter, Jolie, and um, I know there's a lot of things that you, you, know, you can share. You can share as much as you want with this. I am just totally intrigued by um, the lessons from this because I'm a big believer that everybody, everybody has a story and everybody else can learn from those stories. And it, it really helps a lot of people. So take us back a little bit here toward uh, the end of 2019 uh, with what happened to your daughter. Yeah, and you just to, you got it. Sure. Um, yeah, and just board? yeah, and just um, a little bit. So I probably didn't touch on this. I know I said as a family person, but my whole life I always knew that like the one thing that was certain to me is I knew I always wanted to be a mom. Mm. You know, I I was always surrounded with kids. Kids always latched on to me, and I just that's just something that I've always wanted. And our well, right, yeah, awesome. family. And, and so like even finding my partner, like I knew like the, the thing for me that was most important was that they would be a good dad and they'd equally want a family like I did. And mm. obviously I found that in Dave, but, um, you know, our struggle to ha have kids was, was long. And I know there's like, Dave reminds me when, you know, I had really hard times of dealing with infertility and the length it took us to have kids. Um, you know, he would always say, but there's some, once we got pregnant, you know, there's some kids that don't, some people that don't even get to experience having kids. So again, that positive outlook always. Well, they had the other option of adopting an unwanted kid or, you know, a, a neglected kid that, you know, we could put a, a roof over their head and give them a great life, you know? Yes. So there's always that option, which we're still considering maybe in the future. Wow. But, uh, but so it, it took us a long time. I mean, we, when we really like, kind of started trying but like not overly trying it was it took about five years before we got pregnant with our son mm. um, but three years of it was really like tracking temperatures going to infertility specialists you know doing procedures of issues that I had and things of that nature so it was a long long battle so you know but we were blessed with Blake and you know three years ago he's three and a half now so wow. three years ago we had Blake and basically as soon as we got the green light after having Blake I wanted to start trying again because it took us so long well, to have well, another five years all right <laughs> let's get started <laughs> so uh but luckily it didn't take near as long obviously there's pretty much a, just a little over two years between the two of them but mm -hmm. um we were blessed with Jolie in Jan January of 2019 and um so long story short, she was 11 months old and, you know, perfectly healthy, a baby up to this point. 
you know, not even really fevers or anything. You know, we really hadn't had any struggles, but in, in November, she had got RSV at daycare. Um, but other than that, she was like perfectly healthy. And a chunky monkey. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, so um, but anyway, but she got RSV. We, we got that kind of under wraps and she seemed to be on the men like around Christmas time. She's perfectly healthy, happy. Went to San Antonio, enjoyed herself in the Riverwalk. It was, yeah, it was, it good, was times. good, great time. And um, mm. so on New Year's Eve, I had to go into work for a little bit that morning. And I, I think. I don't know where you were. Well, the night before, both kids wouldn't sleep. Yeah, they wouldn't sleep. We didn't know, like, it was, but as parents, right? those nights. All all of us parents have those nights. They come and go. Yep. (laughs) We're finding out it doesn't even matter how old they are. They still come and go once in a while. They sure do. But on New Year's Eve, you know, when I went into work in the morning and Dave's mom was here visiting for the holiday and she had called me and early morning like you know well my or early morning your guys early morning it's a different early morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um she called me and she just said Jolie is just not acting like herself like I just don't know what's going on and at that point Jolie was 11 months and didn't have any teeth and she's like she has a low grade fever she's just not acting like herself so initially I was like oh she must be teething you know she's 11 months she doesn't have any teeth just give her Motrin and I'll be home in a few hours she was like texting me and it just got more concerning so ultimately i came home and um she was just like a fish out of water you know not Mm -hmm. herself because she's just like this happy-go-lucky chill girl i mean our son gave us a run for our money with sleeping through the night and jolie like from four months on has been sleeping great um and just really a, a chill person and her whole personality was just not not on something was obviously not right dave's mom felt it immediately when you know she was dealing well, with she, her. she didn't sleep very well that night december 30th that night and uh so she should have been exhausted and should have been like ready to just pass out and sleep and she wouldn't sleep mm. so so ultimately like you know i was like okay i'm a worry ward i was born a worry ward i think that i'm always worrying like i i just have that personality i've been a mother hen since i'm significantly older than my siblings and um so i mean honestly i was born two months early i was probably worried about missing out on something so (laughs) from from the womb i was probably a worry wart yeah i (laughs) like that uh, so immediately i i took her we took her in dave's mom and i and um when dave stayed back with blake and they did all the tests that we went to a texas children's urgent care they did like the rsv flu test did a bunch of things you know deep suctioned her out and Basically, they came back and said, it's something, it's something viral. It just has to do its course. Um, you know, basically, it, it looks like it could be bronchitis, it's, but that's viral. There's nothing we can do. Keep up with Motrin and Tylenol. It's just got to do its course and it should pass. Mm. So we're like, okay. So we, you know, after a couple hours, we get home and you know a couple more hours pass and she like will not eat will not sleep she just can't settle she's like a fish out of water she's not happy if you put her down if you hold her and it's just so uncharacteristic uncharacteristically unlike herself um you know and by dinner time you know dave's mom kept saying you know i don't know because dave's mom was a nurse and as you probably have heard with dave sharing his story she was a full-time caregiver for his father for 11 years before, and the six kids and the six kids before oh, he had yes he had passed and so you know she's got the nursing background and she had just also didn't have a good feeling about it so a little after dinner time um you know we ultimately we just well, said we okay had to cancel our new year's eve party and just yep. 
I mean, in hindsight, obviously everything was the right decisions, but I mean, at the moment it was like frustrating because we're like, ah. No, he kids. was frustrated. <laughs> I was like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. She's more important than anything right. else. Yeah. Yep. So ultimately, yep. Dave and I took her into the ER that evening after dinner time. You know, they did all the tests. They redid all the tests that the urgent care did. They took her temperature. I think it was 103 or 104 when we got there. And that was on Motrin and Tylenol alter alternating. So her fever was sincerely high for me. But, you know, the, again, we, we took her into the ER at Texas Children's. And um, we were there for, you know, until like 1 in the morning. 8.30ish. I think we uh, left 8.30 p.m. And <clears throat> we got to bring in the new year of 2020 in the um in the emergency center over there in one of the rooms um they gave us uh what they call it what kind of sprite cocktail sprite orange juice cocktail um and you know they gave it to us they're like here at least you can bring in 2020 with some kind of a drink and you know cheers wow. yourself but ultimately they so you know they charged they at, did uh, 12 30. yeah but they did they re-ran all the tests that the urgent care did they did a uti test um, and yep. ultimately they came back to us and they, they were like, it's something viral. It's got to do its course, take her home. She just needs to get some sleep, you know, keep up with Motrin and Tylenol is ultimately kind of what they told us. And, you know, um, you know, it didn't feel right. But at the end of the day, when they're sitting here, basically kind of saying like, you know, she just, just got to pass its course. I, I trusted that even though my instinct didn't feel right, but mm. You know, I actually even kind of had to beg them even to give her an IV, but she hadn't drank anything in almost probably 24 hours. Right. So I had pretty much begged them, like, please just give her an IV. Like, she's got to be dehydrated. So they did that before we left. And ultimately, they discharged us, you know, like, into the new year. And so Dave and I got home. And obviously, you know, it was like 1 a.m. And we we're like, okay, let's just try to get her to drink, change her. And we put her in bed with us um, because obviously we weren't going to put her in bed on her own. So we put her in the middle of us trying to get her to sleep. And again, just like a fish out of water, wouldn't settle. So Dave being the guy he is, you know, the one that lets me sleep in and gets up early with the kids when they get up. You know, he, he was like, here, I'll take her out in the living room for a couple hours. You get a couple hours of sleep. So he takes her into the living room. I fall asleep for a few hours. And he wakes wakes me up like maybe two or three hours later, a couple hours. Five-ish. Yeah, a couple hours later, he wakes me up because he's like, I he's like, I can't keep my eyes open, so I go out there and I look at her and I just knew it wasn't good, so I yelled for his mom. I was like, Dave, should I get your mom down here? I got we got to take her in. And Dave hadn't slept at this point, so I wanted her to come with me so that he could get some sleep. And but just she had been she was covered in she broke out in a rash this rash and she was like boiling up and she was like breathing so heavy and so like just, just seeing her and... instantly i just knew it was it was not good and so um and she wasn't crying she was like doing this weird whine like her body ached or like it was just this weird aura i've never heard her kind of like babies cry when they need to she just she wasn't even crying. She was like wincing in pain. Like Ugh. basically what this disease does to people is basically your body aches and like you just don't feel good. You feel like you just got done ru running three marathons and a train ran you over. Ugh. But uh, but so I so I called his mom down because I knew Dave was like he had been up for a long time too. So yeah, I'm literally at I, I can't even keep my eyes open. I'm half asleep. And so um, his mom comes down and I just knew it wasn't bad. She was breathing real shallow. And for a second, I was like, 
do I call 911 or do I just get her in the car and go? Because I, I knew it wasn't good. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't think we we're going to make it to the hospital. And so when his mom came down, she immediately, we just walked out to the car and um, she, it was like unspoken words. It was New Year's Eve. So she had had a few drinks, obviously, <laughs> obviously we didn't cause we were at the ER, but um, so she just grabbed her and went in the back seat and, you know, I would, I've never, I'm a worry wart. And so I always like to follow safety precautions, but she didn't put her in the car seat. And I, we both knew why, because she needed to be able to get CPR if she stopped breathing. So it was like an unspoken conversation that we both just knew she couldn't go in her car seat. And I probably made a 30 minute, 25, 30 yeah. minute trip in 15, 15 minutes. minutes. And we got to the hospital and they saw her and immediately like, just like took her back I had to do a couple things for paperwork my mother-in-law went back but I was a mess because when they took her like literally like it was like code blue like 30 people ran in the room and I'm not over exaggerating it looked like a tornado had hit because all of the things that they were opening and throwing plastic wrappings all over the floor and Dave's mom stood by her the whole time and I felt really weak because I had to keep walking out because I just I knew it wasn't good and I was trying Dave had gone upstairs I think with Blake in our house because he had woken up or something Blake woke up again of course and he left his phone downstairs and I was calling him like over and over and over because I knew it wasn't good just seeing how many people rushed in the room and um and I couldn't get a hold of him and so I was stressed out because like I knew he had to be there after seeing the reaction when we walked in and um and so I kept calling him. I couldn't get a hold. So I kept going between like calling him and going back in the room with her. And thank God his mom was here because she stood by her side the whole time when, cause I didn't know what to do. Like, you know, when you're in these moments, I mean, I knew her chances weren't good with what the doc, the, but you can tell, I can read people. I'm an HR. It's what I do for my job. I, I read people all the time and I could see their faces and I knew the outlook was really bad. And so I just had to believe there was some hope. But my biggest, like, Dave's always my rock, right? So when I'm going through, like, hard times, he's always my rock. And he wasn't, he couldn't, I had to get him there. I knew I needed it. I knew she needed it. He needed it. And I couldn't get a hold of him. So ultimately, you know, I called our neighbor and she didn't answer right away. So then I called our best friends that live down here. And they live, like, 15 minutes away. And she answered, my friend Ashley, she answered and, She's like, I'm on my, she's like, I'm on my way. I'll go get Dave. I'll stay with Blake. And she started, she headed over right away, dropped everything, you know, just being the good friend she always is. And she headed over here. And ultimately my neighbor called back as she, she was getting here and they got Dave, you know, that's, that's another story. I mean, I don't yeah, think that's the, a whole, that's a humorous story in itself. <laughs> We'll have but, to have uh, some viewer they, later, they that's for sure. met each other in the middle of the living room. <laughs> but ultimately, we can save that one for later. But ultimately, yeah. they, got Dave, they got Dave to head to the hospital, and then they stayed with Blake. And um, he got there, and, you know, it wasn't good. And ultimately, like, she was – you can go over the details, but she was, she was in septic shock. Um, they couldn't do some of the tests they needed to to confirm what was going on. They suspected it was meningococcal meningitis, which is bacterial meningitis, and it's a rare version of it. Um, it's pretty much if you Google it and you Google like Instagram survivors, pretty much anybody, if they make it, ultimately have multiple amputations and it's incognitive. incognitive. You know, it's 
it's pretty pretty damn scary to be honest with you and um but that's what they suspected but they couldn't confirm it because they were afraid if they did the test well they couldn't do the test right away because they were afraid if they did it she could bleed out right because Mm -hmm. she was in septic shock and she was clotting and um, they needed to get her critically stable they needed to do whatever the hell they had to do because they couldn't get her her whole body inflamed and started bleeding from the inside out and that's what the rash was. She was just basically blowing up. This disease kind of took over her body, and her whole body was inflamed. And uh, they they couldn't get any IVs in because her veins were so thin. And uh, they ultimately had to drill into her legs to uh, get get uh, whatever they could to infuse her body with all the things that they needed to. They had to drill into her, both her legs. Mm. So they they treated her for what they suspected it is, and. Um you know the spinal tap uh that they did that they confirmed it there's a lot of hard days like they told us it was gonna be a roller coaster i mean they sat down with us in the few days and i being the person i need to know like worst case scenario so i can prep myself and dave's always just like you know positive vibes prayers and um but ultimately you know a couple days later they were able to confirm with a spinal tap that it was meningococcal meningitis is what they treated her for and um but doctors sat down with us and I mean, they told us the outlook wasn't good. We, you know, you try to not Google it, but you do. And you talk to doctors and, you know, she had a less than 1% chance to make it. And um, it was, it was devastating. Cause you know, and I know it could be worse. Like, obviously we're coming out on the positive side of this and we've got, you know, a lot of lessons learned that we'll talk about later, but um but ultimately, when you see your child there, you just kind of feel helpless because you're depending on medical professionals to do everything they can. You're begging and pleading with God, you know, hoping that all prayers will work. We put out prayer chains right away. <laughs> and um, I, I'm convinced that the prayers are what worked, and we can get into more detail later on. But I just begged and pleaded with God to, to save her because I just couldn't even fathom. And like, I don't want, no one wants to be part of that, you know, unwanted club of losing a child. And I could never fathom it before. Like, obviously I'm a warlord, So I always think of, like, I think of everything. I think most parents do. Um, But seeing your child and you being helpless and all you can do is just be by them and pray and hold their hand. But it was terrifying because multiple people told us she had very little chance, but they do everything that they could. We, uh, w- when I got in there that morning, um, I think it was around 8 or 8.30, but uh, obviously I was kind of out of the loop. I didn't know 100% of all the details and stuff, but uh, sometime within the first 30 minutes that I was there, um, the doctor kind of pulled the both of us aside. Sorry about that. You're good. But You're basically, good. uh, had the talk. It was, uh, basically saying, you know, you did the right thing by bringing her back in again. We're doing the best we can. You did everything that you could do. Mm. You know, it's not your fault. It's nobody's <clears throat> fault. We're doing the best that we can, but I just want to under- you need to understand that we're doing the best that we can, and it's no it's nobody's fault here. And they just kept saying, "Your daughter's very, very, very sick." And we're doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I just couldn't listen to that. I go, "That's no." So then I I continued to go back to the bedside, on the head side, and 
I could see her baby blues just looking up at me. And th this is where the, uh, the, the book uh, On Fire kind of came in. And I'm glad that you uh, had sent that to me by losing that bet of the March Madness. <laughs> but uh, it, when, uh, when John O'Leary went, uh, went through uh, getting burned and basically he wasn't supposed to survive. And, you know, he asked his mom, basically looks up his mom for reassurance. And, you know, mom can always take care of everything. And she basically told him, and same thing I kind of told Joe Lee, if you want to live, it's, it's, uh, it's not up to us. Mm. You got to fight like hell and figure out what you got to do. Allow these doctors to get these things into your body and, and fight. Mm. And we, we can't do anything for you. It's, it's all you, baby girl. But we'll be here along the ride. And I mean, I literally took that right out of that book. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't, God. there's nothing that we could do. We're completely helpless. And it was, it was all up to her. And if she is going to allow those medical professionals assist her by doing all the right things with the injections, it's up to her and her body and her will and spirit. And like my wife said, positive vibes and prayers. Yeah. That was like when we, when things settled down slightly and we were in the, our picky room like once they got her stable we had so we had took her into like the hospital near our house the children's hospital but ultimately she was there for you know less than 24 hours and then they transferred her to the main campus because they knew she was going to need dialysis and plasma exchanges and a lot of things that they just don't have the capabilities to do at the community tech children's hospital that she needed to be at the main campus so once we got transferred in, like that was one of the things Dave just wrote on the wall, like on the dry erase for PVP. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like positive vibes and prayers. Cause that's what Jolie needs from all of us right now. That's what we can do. And that's just what we're, that's like, the only thing we can control. And he right basically now. was like, if anybody has anything like, you know, you need a moment like out of this room where she can't see it around her. It's all positive vibes and prayers. And, um, so that's kind of like what we lived by the whole pick you stay. Obviously, there was a lot of moments in the bathroom alone. And, you know, when you're in the shower and you're just pleading with God, you know, I pleaded, take me instead. You know, you want, you'll do anything in that moment, you know, just whatever it has to be done. But I'm begging and pleading. I'm sure Dave did too. But every time I walked into that room, all I would see is the PVP. And um, they were just reminding me, like, Dave's right. She needs to feel positive energy. Uh, and, like, our, you know, our moms came, obviously. Like, Dave's mom was already here. My mom also came down. I mean, when everything was, when Dave and his mom were standing by her, like, I kept going back and forth between calling my mom because, you know, that's just needed somebody to bounce off because you just go crazy. And I don't know. It's, it's obviously raw to talk about, but. Uh, and we obviously have good news because she's made tremendous progress, but you know, she spent 85, 85 days, 85 consecutive days from January 1st, basically to uh, discharged March 25th. She's still been back and forth a little bit here and there, but 85 days between the ICU and acute care. And wow. within those days, there's roller coasters. I mean, there's some good days, bad days. Ultimately, I mean, technically, every day was a good day because she was above ground and she was breathing and she had a chance every day. So yeah. ultimately, every day was a good day because she did survive. And, uh, uh, and uh, 
Yeah, we can get it. Maybe on another call, we can maybe get do a more. part two of the journey. But Absolutely. that's obviously the uh, kind of wh where it all started. That tumultuous uh, start of 2020, and as we all know, 2020 has been <laughs> a year. one heck of a year. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, uh, it's and been... it's just like. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and you know, um, one of the things too is like, you know, in the hospital after spending 85 days, you know, people that weren't even her doctors were coming in her room because the odds of getting this in general, but then for a child this age getting it, it's just so rare and to like, no one, honestly, I don't think any of those it, medical staffs believe she was going to make it the first day. I mean, people even long after the fact, when we were more towards the end of our, before we got discharged and got to bring her home, um, many of them had indicated, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't think we'd be standing here today. And many doctors, some that weren't even our own had come and talked to us, you know, as she was making progress and said, like, do you understand that your daughter was like the sickest child in this hospital, not in the PICU, not in this tower, not on the floor, not in this tower. I mean, the children's hospital here has five towers. They're one of the world's renowned children's hospitals in people are telling us that she's the sickest kid and it's and just it's a long journey and um a very long journey if she were to have a chance to make it and in the picu in the picu like i mean we were there obviously quite a while like 38 we, days we saw kids that didn't make it you know there was right. kids like they're telling us our daughter's sicker than them and she's here and they're not and it's just like life-changing you know because that's such an unwanted club no one wants to be a part of that and we got obviously close and we're so blessed that she's here with us today. And, um, you know, she's got an amazing story to tell. She's a warrior. She's the, honestly the greatest fighter that I've ever met to go through what she's gone through is just insane. But it's just, we're counting our blessings because at the end of the day, she, she's here and she's making progress. And uh, it's just, it's been it's been a wild ride and I know there's a lot more details in the lessons that we've learned that I definitely want to talk talk through but absolutely the ultimate thing is that there's always hope and you know there's obviously where there's a will there's a way and positivity goes a long way I know that it doesn't solve everything but it's I, I truly believe that mindset she could feel it she could feel the energy in the room you know like my mom would sit and read to her and I just I think that those things all made a huge impact and we're just super blessed and there's a lot of lessons that we learned through this process but um and we'd like to share them obviously so people don't feel hopeless when it feels like all hope is lost because miracles happen and she's proof of that oh, I love that you know I just listen to the story and 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 Dave thank you for reminding me to get some Kleenex here buddy I needed it <laughs> Um, sorry about sorry about you're that. good this is great this i know is, you're just like life. me i i'm the same way i uh i get a big heart and very emotional and yep. unfortunately i show my emotions in my sleeve way more than i should but you know what that's what life's all about and, and it is you know your daughter being the fighter that she is and being the hero and um being the toughest person that you guys know it, she came from both of you you know so there's there's a lot for that both of you um you've been made for this moment. You know, the stuff that you guys have been through, right, in your lives up through now, you were made to handle this moment and you handled it together and you handled it with doctors and you handled it, handled it with your, you know, with your family helping you and, uh, and your friends and your neighbors. It's just, 
it's amazing to hear this first part of the story um, that is just uh, just so life-changing and just I'm so happy that you guys wanted to share this because you're right people need to hear this because there are people going through tough moments you know and you, and you can't say this is tougher than that and that one's going no. through tougher and this this Never. is this is the most difficult for you guys because you're in it right Correct. And, and other people are in their mess that they've got to get through yeah yep. it is different but the lessons are universal you know the yes. lessons that uh, about hope and, and positivity and faith uh, and having great people around you and um, just having that whole attitude of you know the positivity and the worry ward the two go hand in hand it's, it's fantastic you know you, <laughs> you got to know all angles you have to have questions answered you got to go into detail you know um, and I guess you guys just feed off each other so well. So thank you so much for sharing this part one. I know you got to get going. And I know I was late getting to this party today. Oh, um, but you know we're what? Honored, I, we're honored to be on here. And, you know, we appreciate you uh, being the one that's going to use this vehicle to sh at least start sharing our story. I'm sure we'll have some other ideas in the future, but thank you. Oh, you're very yeah, welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. You know, Dave, reaching out a couple years ago, buddy. Look at, look yeah, at us no now, problem. you know, look at us now. All right, we'll be in touch, you guys, um, and, and thanks. You guys can sign off. I'll finish off here. And, uh, but thank you so much for this first part, and we'll definitely have another part or more uh, coming up so that you guys can uh, share more of your story and, and all the lessons, because I know there's tons of them. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you, Coach. You have a good okay. rest of the week and weekend then, all right? Yep, thank take you. care. We'll, we'll be in touch, too. See you guys. All right, you guys, I hope you really enjoyed that. That is just, uh, that blew my doors off. That blew uh, my socks off here uh, regarding, um, I, I knew it was bad. I knew the story was, was um, trying. And uh, he sent, Dave sent me pictures um, throughout a lot of this and I shared them with my wife. And we were both, uh, you know, pulling and praying and um, hoping for the best for this because um, from what I was being told, um, as you guys just heard, uh, it wasn't great during these times, um, and there's a lot that have gone into uh, her getting better. So uh, just a great story. Uh, again, we will definitely have part two and beyond uh, coming up. I hope you got a lot of lessons out of that uh, first part. I know I did. And, uh, you know, please reach out. Let me know what you think about this. Reach out. Uh, I'll put uh, Coach Dave's contact information in there, too. And uh, so you can, you know, share some thoughts or ask some questions. And, and same with Ashley, too. We'll see if uh, how we can contact her, too. But um, hey, this is the most emotional one that I've had in all these shows. And uh, I just want to thank those guys. Uh, they're all stars. They are, they are superheroes in my book um, for, for doing what they did. Okay. All right, you guys. Hey, find me over on Facebook at coach to expect success over on Twitter at coach to success, coach John Daly over on Instagram. And of course, uh, coach to expect success.com is the website there. Reach out and you can on the homepage there and leave me a quick note. I uh, definitely would appreciate you sharing this, uh, giving some good ratings so that other people can find this. This is something that I think is going to be important for a lot of people to find um, for Dave and Ashley's story here about their daughter. Uh, I think it's going to be really important. Okay. All right, you guys, keep taking care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.